Hello, creeps. Welcome to the Horror Vanguard. I'll be your ghost. I mean host for today's exciting tale of terror. Resident Evil, the final chapter, or Umbrella Corporation Internship Program. <laughs> hello, hello everybody. It is it's that time of the week. It is time for another pandemic mini episode. When we try and carry on processing the the horror that we are all currently living through, through pandemic horror films from the past, um, and this this episode is going to be a fun one. It's going to be it's it was a new one to me. Um, Ash has introduced me to something that I had never before encountered. Um, today, uh, Ash, how are you doing? First of all, how are you doing? I'm alive. Uh, alive enough, here. alive enough to talk about this film, this text, this cinema, this this high art, this uh, burning example of uh, cinematography at its finest. Um, today we are talking about uh, Resident Evil, the final chapter, and I have never seen any of the Resident Evil films before, so I, I should, you know, why did you want to talk about this? So I wanted I wanted us to start well, particularly because you've never seen the Resident Evil movies, you've never played the games, and so you're you're this you're a tabula rasa when it comes to the Resident Evil franchise. So I wanted us to start off with uh, logically the sixth and final film in the live action Resident Evil series. Um, the films the films you don't really need you don't really need any of the previous films. You can watch them in any order. You can shuffle them up. You know, the, mm-hmm. each one, besides the first one, each one kind of ends and starts at the same place as the preceding one. You know, Alice, our protagonist, is is alone in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, and she always ends alone in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. It's very, it's it's got that sitcom feel where every episode ends by clearing the slate so the next episode can start with our uh, kind of base level of normalcy. How do you feel? How did you feel jumping in to the sixth movie of a franchise? Uh, I... Y- like truth be told i really enjoyed resident evil tokyo drift i thought it was a lot of fun i um i managed to learn the names of i think four five characters which i think is pretty impressive uh yeah i i don't really know what to say about this um but it was clearly made by someone who thought that mila jovovich is super cool uh, it was, um, in fact, made by her husband. <laughs> Paul, oh. Paul W.S. Anderson. And, okay, so this is like a little a little realm communism here. Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson and Mila Jovovich are married. They've been, I think they've been together since around 2002, if I'm not mistaken, because they met on the fr- during the production of the first Resident Evil movie in 2002. Mila Jovovich is a lifelong Resident Evil fan. She's got fond memories growing up playing the games with her brother. And she, for the longest time, had wanted to produce a Resident Evil movie, right? And so, um, you know, like, eventually word got around to her that this guy, um, Paul W.S. Anderson, was shopping around a script. And she was like, oh, let me see that. Uh, and then they met, and one thing led to another. And then, uh, you know, like, they've, they've been together ever since, and they've produced six of these movies, <laughs> This is a this is amazing. That's this amazing. is couple goals. This is couple goals. This is you find someone you really like, and then you make six Resident Evil movies with them. 
I like Paul W S Anderson is maybe the most powerful wife guy of them all. <laughs> well, <laughs> once you ascend to the final level, you're the resident evil wife guy. <laughs> um, that's that's honestly, I that sort of endears me to this film even more because what what I find really interesting is that. Uh, and it makes complete sense based on what you've told me is that this is a film that is not interested in literally anyone other than Alice. Yes. Um, <laughs> everybody else is completely disposable. I I think the Umbrella Corporation is genuinely hilariously evil. Um, Checks out. <laughs> <laughs> also, also has clearly got like the most insanely. Um, effective HR department ever because there's only the film specifically says there's like four and a half thousand people left alive at this point and yet uh, Umbrella has a seemingly endless supply of like mercenaries so surely there's got to be some kind of weird screening process by which you try and convince people that you're not <laughs> joining the cult that's literally murdered seven billion people it's like, yeah, this will be a fun place to work. Now just put on this suspiciously fascist-like black uniform and join the rest of these people. I I love the Umbrella Corporation just because, you know, that's a that's a corporation that could see like drowning adorable puppies in a bag as like a good move for it from a business point of view. And and coming coming from the perspective of the video games too, like like the movies make the Resident Evil company look a little bit more normal than they do in the games amazing yeah <laughs> i really enjoyed it i do sort of now want to watch all of the the other 900 resident evil films <laughs> oh and we will and we will in our new mini series nested within a mini series where we go through each individual resident evil movie it's gonna be so good it's gonna be so good um so we we have what is basically a road movie which is the quintessential american cinematic form Alice wakes up in point A and is told by the the the, the spooky red girl plot device that she <laughs> she has to go to point B in 48 hours otherwise um it's game over and she's going to have to reload one of her quick saves um <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we start that's where we start <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's like one of the most interesting things about the Umbrella Company. Like, so actually, one of the most interesting things about the uh, Mila jo- Jovovich, Paul W. S. Anderson, Resident Evil movies is that like usually video game movies are not just bad movies, but they're also bad at interpreting the video games that they're trying to interpret. You know, usually yes. there's a lot lost in translation when, when you try and do that. I actually think that the Resident Evil movies are a perfect embodiment of the resident evil gaming franchise you know the first one is this like creepy slow burn zombie movie and then by the end of it you've got like international companies and spies and this governmental drama oh and clones a whole lot of clones there's so much cloning in this film oh, and i mean like you know the resident evil games clones clones by 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 the by the bushel you know, and like I think, I think there's something like um, in in an in interview, uh, Paul W. Sanderson and Mila Jovovich were talking about like their approach to the script, and they didn't want like their first thought was to like uh, use the stock characters from the games and kind of just you know translate the games directly, 
But then they were like, nah, let's do our own thing. And their own thing wound up being this like perfect uh, bottle of a decade of Resident Evil going from like the premier uh, survival horror suspense zombie gaming genre to this like absolute by the t- by the time we reach resident evil 6 we are we are in like absolute schlock garbage territory <laughs> and the fact that the movies mirror this perfectly is just brilliant um quite yes. frankly brilliant yeah uh i you know what i i th- i cannot i i can imagine like a long weekend of watching the resident evil film series with some friends and probably plenty of alcohol would be a really really fun time and that's clearly i mean that's obviously the movie they were trying to make they 100 percent succeeded there's so much i love about it i love that this is a zombie film which within 10 minutes has like a a zombie dragon being blown up by a claymore mine it's great it makes as, to as me it, it makes literally no sense but it's amazing uh, I love that Alice keeps telling us her own name. I love that she spends... she. I think she gets knocked out pretty much once every 10 minutes for the opening 45 minutes of this film. Um, <laughs> I love everything about it. And it's always by stuff that shouldn't be knocking her out, too. Like, like she, she literally survives that Claymore explosion pretty all yep. right. <laughs> yeah, totally fine. Which, I mean, like maybe we shouldn't have started with the fifth or the sixth movie because like she does have superpowers although she did lose oh, the wait, superpowers really? in the previous wait. movie <laughs> no you can't um, just spr- you can't just spring that on me <laughs> oh oh well, we'll, we'll we'll find out all, all the superpowers all the cyborgs all all wait, of what? The just absolute mayhem <laughs> and the clones uh, my god the clones <laughs> Um, there were, I, I, I was a little bit surprised about the, the willingness to just go, yeah, he's a clone. He's a clone. Because that's Oh yeah, no, it's, as... it's the Resident Evil franchise. By, by, by this point, odds are, if you see someone, they're more likely to be a clone than they are to be the actual person. <laughs> as I said, I had a, I, I feel like you have, you have enriched my life in so many ways by introducing me to to some genuinely great cinematic art as well as rob zombies halloween and now you've done this (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i'm so i'm so excited because it's 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 a it's a deeply strange film to me and maybe this is because we started with the final one and i feel like maybe when we when we get to the uh when we when we go back to the beginning and work through them all of this will make sense but i have a sneaking suspicion (laughs) i might still get to the end and go what the fuck was going on (laughs) see see, we're we're doing this proper grindhouse style where you where you walk into the movie theater and the movie's just playing and and you you take your seat and you watch through back to the point where you started yeah so so we we join we join our heroes in media res and we will be with them until we return to this very moment I yeah I I really enjoyed it. It's such such a fun film. I should we talk about should we talk about the Umbrella Corporation's for want of a better word plan here? Oh, let's try to. <laughs> so, the Umbrella Corporation have decided you can stop me if I get any of this wrong. Um well, I'm going to stop you right now because you implied that they decided something. <laughs> they they decided that it would be a good business strategy to literally end the world um yeah. <laughs> why not <laughs> yeah. 
because because but amazingly because there were other threats that were emerging the biggest one of course being climate change um which a giant extractivist capitalist corporation can do literally nothing about except only exacerbate and so they decided to try and beat themselves to the punch by ending the world and sealing the high level members of staff inside a giant underground bunker in cryotubes so that they can claim the world when it's been cleansed of i'm sorry i i you're gonna have to take it from here because i i I feel like i'm getting lost (laughs) well i i and and this this is just part of the beauty of of the journey you're going to be going through uh because (laughs) in a previous movie i I won't spoil which one uh the umbrella corporation turned the entire planet into a lifeless desert with no water the entire planet they destroyed all the water somehow uh cool yeah great great smart uh, business strategy (laughs) You know, like like that. That is how we do it. So, so the the, the principal antagonist, uh, Doctor Alexander Isaacs, and his clones, played played by uh, uh, Lane Glenn. He wants to he wants to purify the Earth, right? And this is kind of like the first critical point I wanted to bring up with this. Um, he he believes that if he cleanses the Earth of kind of all of these impure, terrible people, mm. he'll be able to. He and the Umbrella Corporation will be able to restart the Earth in 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 better standing you know like and this is um classic malthusian theory right thomas robert malthus was in 1800s i think he was a clergyman but he he was he's primarily known for being an economist uh the fakest of all fake possible academic fields yeah uh, yeah, uh, economics isn't real right it's it's astrology for white libertarians it's 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 astrology that doesn't work But like, um, Mal- Malthus for this idea that that there are too many people, you know, and that you need to cull the human population in order to return to a kind of equilibrium, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and this is an incredibly dark idea because we've never reached a point in human history where there's been too many people. There's just been resource mismanagement the whole way through. America alone produces enough food to feed the entire world. There's no such thing as food shortages. There's only food mismanagement. And, and yeah. that's that's just the tip of the Malthusian iceberg, right? You know, there, there there is no such thing as a housing shortage. We have enough housing for everyone alive. We've just mismanaged it, which are always to benefit capital and never to benefit people who need these things, food, housing, medicine. Um, Malthus's idea was that, like, okay, we just need to kill a fuckload of people and the system will correct. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is just, it's clearly white supremacist. It's clearly awful colonial empirical idea. Or imperial idea that you can just kill a bunch of people to solve a problem and that's what dr isaacs wants to do he wants to wipe out almost everyone most most everyone <laughs> upwards and including everyone but his including his own clones or accept his own clones he's a little vague on the specifics but i'll forgive him that because he's a cyborg uh yep he wants to he wants to kill literally everyone who is not already in the umbrella corporation internship program so there there's a woman named alicia who's suffering from progeria and and she her her father controlled half of the umbrella corporation and then when he died or when he was killed by dr isaacs um that half was inherited by her 
and and we're we're in a future where there is like four thousand people alive, where the world is a desert, and there are zombie dragons flying through the skies. <laughs> and Do- and Doctor Isaacs is still like, oh Alicia, you still control half of the company. You're such a thorn in my side. <laughs> <laughs> it's ludicrous. It's patently ludicrous. But like like that that, that idea that that you know um, Malthusian idea that you need to call the human population it does map on perfectly to, to this like to, to the umbrella corporation, which is just this gigantic miasma of capitalist interest, you know, like this is a capitalist idea, right? Like, like look at, look at Elon Musk. Elon Musk, Musk is always like, Oh, well, re- effectively we'll restart society on Mars and, yeah. and he'll, he'll choose a, a bunch of special people that can go be in the Mars society, you know? And like that, that's a variant of the Malthusian idea where everybody else needs to die. So you can restart the population and I, I do what I do really like about the Resident Evil movie's depiction of this is that it lets Dr. Isaacs just be like an absolutely ludicrous monster. Yes. Because that, that <laughs> is what people who forward Malthusian ideas are. They're absolutely ludicrous monsters. What you what you have said, which I think is completely correct, raises for me at least the distinct possibility that uh there would be there would be Doctor Isaac like stands on on Twitter, going, "He's right. We need to we need to reopen the economy." Uh, what the do you think he's getting his mercenaries? <laughs> the Umbrella Corporation has got reply guys being like, "Oh, get get Doctor Isaacs to go on Joe Rogan." Um, oh, that, that, that's our version <laughs> of the apocalypse, right? We 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 won't we won't get like the cool renegade zombie warriors. We'll we'll get like. 4,000 people left alive and Twitter will still be working somehow and it's just yep. going to be Elon Musk and his reply guys. <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, what it reveals though is the is is a kind of important contradiction within capitalist ideology which is constant expansion with finite resources. Doesn't matter how much you manufacture, doesn't matter, matter how much you diversify your portfolio of holdings if there is literally nobody left alive uh, to work for you or to buy your product, you don't have a company. Like, uh, and w- without kind of turning into a, a leftist uh, cliche, what does this underscore, if not the fact that the source of all value is not in innovators, is not in entrepreneurs, is not in weird Malthusian corporate overlords, but is in labor? Completely. You know, and I think like to to turn this into a leftist cliche, Alice's entire mission is to destroy a corporation. Yeah. You know, and like Alice, Alice bands together with a ragtag group of survivors with a diverse set of interests and backgrounds. None who, of whose names I know. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, but that's how, how fine. Could you, how could you not remember Chris Redfield and Doc and Razor and Christian? Come on. Uh, you're you're right. They were so well characterized. <laughs> um, honestly, honestly, I thought like a lot of they, they they just didn't get like uh this isn't this isn't a movie about like zombie survivors. The, no, this no, is a no, movie totally. about how badass Alice is. Yeah, I I I'm I am I'm I'm well aware of what this this film is doing. Yeah. So I didn't really expect to remember anyone. Um, which is why there there are moments where the film tries to generate some tension or some pathos. With the with the feeling like oh no one of them might die and I'm like 
I don't know who any of these people are. So, so <laughs> right, right. And even if you did, you're like, wait, is he a clone? <laughs> Can he clones a clone? just die? They're a clone, right? Um, yeah, exactly. She's trying to bring down an entire corporation. Um, the which is the very like I I I absolutely think it's a it's a very clear and very uh well thought through uh argument about the nature of the corporation in contemporary american society yeah yeah i i completely agree i think um intentionally or otherwise this movie absolutely nails the function of corporations um yeah there is there is the idea that um you can expand it infinitely you don't need to worry about ordinary human beings because they're ultimately disposable and as long as you can secure the interests of the corporate uh hierarchy then everything else you know corporations have been among the quickest to try and normalize uh covid-19 right they they've even introduced that horribly grating tone into that advert where it's like anywhere that you you know once bought a pair of shoes from is now like mm -hmm. sending you emails going we're a family and in this yeah. time of crisis we want you to know that we care about you and it's like this is all such complete horseshit you know you would happily grind me into a fine paste and sell me to my family if you thought it would increase your margin at least the umbrella corporation starts being honest about what it is they want which I suppose is the only unrealistic part here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they they would they wouldn't be like, oh, this is our global bioweapon disbursement program. They would be like, this is the uh free freedom generating happy button, you know, or something. <laughs> like it would have something yeah, like a ludicrous cover name. Um and of course, you know, we have our inevitable moment of potential self sacrifice with with what is objectively an amazing, an amazingly basic plot of there is the bad virus, so we will find the good virus. Oh, and it's 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 the antidote. It's the cure. They, they've they've got a cure hidden hidden away for some reason that no one mentioned for the previous six movies. <laughs> and there's literally only one dose of it. Oh, uh, that's okay. So but the one, the one dose cures the entire planet. Cures everybody because it, it gets in the air, and then we're all okay. <laughs> and that's how it works. That's totally how it works. And which is, uh, I mean, like, like I'm fine with that. I'm fine yeah, to with totally, there being one totally. vial of a cure that can cure the entire planet. I'm fine with a lot of because this is it's a goofy movie about zombies. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh well, scientifically speaking, an airborne vaccine wouldn't be able to. But like the thing, the thing that gets me though is she she cracks open the the magic cure. And then, you know, she was about to be taken down by this tidal wave of zombies. And then, poof, <laughs> they all just fall over and die. Yep. Immediately. The, the second she breaks the bottle, you know, they, they all just go dead. Um, and I'm I like, just... mm, build some tension, man. Slow that down. <laughs> but that's a very, weirdly, that's a very big trope in fantasy, which is like, you destroy the big bad or you do the fancy magic spell. Um, and what happens is all of the other bad guys just collapse. Mm -hmm. and you've won you know lord of the rings famously did it um and honestly i i swear i was sort of like this is basically this is basically like uh a, a, a grimdark fantasy film just with zombies in it oh yeah you've got your yeah. ridiculously op hero you've got like dragons you've got like magical explosions which don't kill people 
it's it's a fantasy film. Yeah, yeah. You even yeah, have a sword fight. You even have a sword fight with with a boss. It just happens to be on top of a tank, and you win by like chopping off his hand. But <laughs> I mean, the knife fight is, is is an infamous staple of the modern Resident Evil gaming franchises. They really, really did like their uh, like action button knife fights for a short period of time. Uh, a few quick time events. <laughs> yeah, a few quick time knife fights. I, I do. I do um, find it interesting though that there is that impulse to like. Just like with Lord of the Rings, you know, like you you do this one thing and then all of the badness goes away. Yeah. But because that, that, that's an incredibly liberal view, right? Like you you cure one small thing and then everything bad stops. I do really like though that this movie undercuts that. You know, uh, in the original yeah. draft of the script, Alice was supposed to die at the end because she herself is infected with the zombie virus, and that's the source of her superpowers. Kind of, we'll get into that. But um, <laughs> I love that she has superpowers. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So she, she in the original draft of the script, she was going to die at the end in an act of self-sacrifice, saving the world. Um, but they were like, eh, let's make it a happy ending. And they included um, uh, family videos of their own daughter, um, Ever, Ever Anderson, as is like the, that final montage of the little girl you see. That that's that's their own daughter. They went through their own home home movies to put that into the movie. And like, I'm on this kick now where I'm finding like horror movies where the director inserted his own children into the film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that happened with Planet Terror. Yeah, but but I do I do like at the end though. Like like what's our final scene with Alice? She's like, okay, well like the cure the cure is currently in the wind, spreading across the world, but th- there's still going to be pockets of zombies out there, pockets of survivors that need help, and she's going to go help them. And I, I find that to be Absolutely. both incredibly uplifting and a lot more accurate. You know, like there's yeah. always going to be pockets of trouble, and there's always going to be people that need to go help. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. And I. I uh, yeah I I agree actually I found the ending I I was not expecting much from the ending, and um, I did think that we were gonna get the kind of cliche of oh well we have dealt with the big bad and now everything is fine, uh, and she can have a life which isn't just death and running but I respect I respected the fact that they decided to go you know what no there would there would still be there would still be work that had to be done. Uh yeah yeah do you have do you have any any other comments or thoughts on the final Resident Evil movie that for some reason starts our Resident Evil movie binge? Uh, it's it's really fun. I had a I enjoyed this immensely. Um, I think uh, I'm hoping that that future as in previous films might have more Wesker in. Oh, Wes- if you love Wesker, you're gonna get Wesker. <laughs> <laughs> Wesker with his perfectly flat cuboid head. <laughs> they, they, they went for uh, uh, desperate accuracy to the video games by giving him like a low poly body. <laughs> yeah, he, he, has got, he has got that PS2 cutscene aesthetic down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Wesker was fun. More Wesker. More Wesker. Well, um, we, we, have, but... we have to work our way towards it, but you'll earn, you'll earn your Wesker in about three movies. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm I am I'm excited. This this is going to be this is going to be a fun time. Um and like you said, I didn't know that this genuinely was essentially a a tribute uh by one man to uh his extremely cool wife. Uh which I I sort of find kind of endearing. 
the, the Resident Evil franchise. These are these are some of the sweetest movies that have ever been created. Um. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. <laughs> Segways. <laughs> Segways. To this entirely weird. arbitrary and random pandemic episode, uh, we look forward to talking to you again in the immediate future about Resident Evil 1, the first movie we should have started with. <laughs> <laughs>